Praise the Lord on this family night. Got a great treat for us. Pastor Daniel has invited one of the great men of God of this house. I say great men of God because I've seen him, I've seen him in action serving the Lord. I think one of the first encounters I had with him was he came here on his lunchtime to tighten screws on the chairs that you're sitting on. Just wanted to serve. Came by the church. Hey, is there anything I could do today? Oh, I love that. I love people that are willing to serve the Lord. Took time and he went to our extensions in Chile. Ministered there to people along with the team. He's served in many capacities here. I love when he walks the door and just says, hey, do you need help with anything? That's awesome. He's been a, he's been a, <laughs> a luchador wrestler for us. For our children. He wasn't in here. He was, a, he was one of our big puppets. You know, just wanted to serve. They needed somebody to put on a puppet suit and run out. And he did that. He served at our big events, provided medical care at our big events, and works on our security team, serves with those that are part of the safety team here. We're so thankful for him and his family. I want to introduce to you one of my good friends, Dr. David Martin. Let's go ahead and just keep clapping for the Lord here just for a moment longer. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your presence this morning, God. Lord, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're moving, oh God. We thank you, Father God, Lord, that you are on high, Father God. You are on your throne, that you can conquer all of our fears, oh God. You can conquer all of our past, oh God. That through you we can be set free. That through you we have victory. That through you we have a future, oh God. That through you, Father God, Lord, that you are leading us and guiding us every day. We thank you tonight, God. We thank you tonight. And we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Thank you. You guys can go ahead and take a seat here. It, it's been a wonderful time growing with this church. I feel like I'm just speaking with family. You know, I've gotten to know most of you at this point, which is just great. Praise God. Um, I just want to honor my wife and my kids that are here, my grandmother, my dad, and my mom. I don't know where my mom is right now. She's probably taking care of Cody. Um, but they came and joined us this evening. Thank you. Thank you for coming. My grandma came all the way up from Sterling, Alaska to come and join us. So, thank you. Uh, thank you to Pastor Daniel and Karen for this opportunity. Um, I'm definitely humbled by this opportunity to come and preach before you tonight. Um, I don't feel adequate at times to carry the gospel and present it. But in the same instance, I feel compelled. I feel compelled to share what God's done in my life and to encourage those around me. My life over the last year has kind of been a bit of a whirlwind. As God keeps drawing me closer to him, a deeper walk with him, I find that a lot of the things I used to do, I just don't do anymore. A lot of the things, I mean, even things like sports, you know, I don't, I don't play softball like I used to play softball. I don't play soccer like I used to play basketball or 
play before, or even basketball for that matter. I just don't do a lot of the things that I used to do a lot of the, the time. I wouldn't say that it was wasted time, but it was time that I'm realizing was lost in the moments. I used to, uh, well, I guess technically I still am the medical director for a roller derby team here in the Valley, which is great. But every Tuesday night, I kept finding myself going and spending two, two hours with a bunch of women as they race around a track, which is awesome and all. But that also meant that I wasn't spending time with my wife or my kids. And what I found is that as, as I continue to get closer to God and continue to seek him first in all that I do, he just keeps drawing me back to this place, back to his presence, back to where I can grow with him. And now instead of on Tuesday nights, I'm, I'm you know, helping roller derby women get put back together after beating on each other. Um, I'm now at Transformations, and I get to sit under Minister Vicky and Eric as they bring the word on a Tuesday night. And I get to see people when they come from their lowest of lows, and they come out, and they, they finally discover Jesus. And they finally discover that through Jesus their life can change. And that unashamedly through Jesus that they can be set free. That through his Holy Ghost, they can be set free. So it's, it's interesting because I realize the longer that I'm around people and, and the longer that I'm encountering people, the struggle of trying to witness to someone no longer becomes a struggle. It becomes an opportunity that at some moment they're going to have an encounter with God. And they're... they're they're going to have an encounter with God's Holy Spirit. And in a single instant, everything can be changed. And in a single instant, they can be delivered from drugs. They can be delivered from alcohol. They can be taken off the street and be put in a home. They can instantly have a family. They can instantly have kids. They can instantly be given their children back from OCS custody. In an instant, they can have favor from on high. And so for me, even in the last year, in one, in one year's time, Pastor Kirsten talks about me coming on, on a lunch break and literally tightening those uh, Allen wrench screws. They, it needs to be done again. Um, I'm, I might be back this week. Um, but, but it's about that time. The thing is, is that I'm, I felt compelled. The Holy Ghost burning inside of me and says, you know, where else are you going to go on your lunch break? Where else can you go but to God's house? Where else can you go to experience Him and experience His power and experience His Holy Spirit but here? But in this place where God's presence comes down and it touches earth, where there's like an open heaven where you see the angels ascending and descending, where you have to remove your shoes because it's a place of holiness. What other place do you want to be but here? It's been crazy because lately I've been praying for people, and, and the crazy thing is that as I'm praying for them, things start happening. Whereas before I was afraid, I don't, I don't know, afraid, or I, I had it ingrained within me. I was a, a residence life um, advisor, RA, resident advisor at UAA. Okay, and part of my UAA resident advisor positions is that I had to be inclusive of everybody on campus, which meant that one of my duties was to promote the LGBT community. 
And I had to provide opportunities for them to gather. And I had to provide opportunities for them to, I don't know. I wasn't very good at that program, let's just say that. But what I found myself doing is I found myself curbing what I would say. And curbing who I was. And curbing who God had raised me to be. Even in high school, uh, one of the things you may not know about me is I, I was a student body chaplain in high school. So that was, that was a while ago. But I was a student body chaplain in high school. As a matter of fact, I was a student body chaplain for four years. And during that time, I had, I had pursued God because if not me, then who? If I wasn't going to bring God's word, if I wasn't going to live my life holy before him, who was? Who was going to do it? And I went from that environment to college, and I felt like, man, I just got pushed down. And I got stressed, and I got my fire extinguished, and I got, like, held back and, like, no, you can't do that. You can't say that. You can't be that. And then I went on to chiropractic college, and now, now you have a whole nother level of uh, responsibilities as a doctor to not say things and to say things and to not influence people one way or the other and, you know, direct them one way or the other. And, and so it, it's like... I don't know, Pavlov's training after a while. You know what I mean? I think this, this thing might drive me nuts. I'm going to pull it all the way back here for a moment. Um, <laughs> so Pavlov's training kept pushing me down, kept holding me back, kept telling me uh, all the things I shouldn't be doing. And in this last year, the changes for me to go from tightening screws to putting in flooring in the kids' area to whatever else needed to be done here at the church, they took me to Chile. And in Chile, I knew that from Chile's experience till now that God was going to continue to raise up and increase that fire within me so that I can reach people. And what I'm finding is that, that there's a lot of people who need to be reached, and they aren't even out on the street. I talk to you guys week in and week out, and we're all struggling with the same things. You know, some of us don't have victory. Some of us have things that we've been struggling with for years and years and years, and we just can't quite get past it. And in an instant, God's Holy Spirit can come in and change us. God's Holy Spirit can set us free. God's Holy Spirit is the difference maker in our lives. And so tonight, I just, I have this opportunity to bring God's word. And I pray that by the end of tonight's message, that you will understand who you are in Christ. And you will understand that every relationship of the ones that you have around you are important. And God has placed them there for a reason. This is family night. For those parents in the room, God has placed these children in your lives for you to raise them up, to guide them, to counsel them. If you don't know how to raise them, go to children's ministry and volunteer. Because if you're in children's ministry, you're going to watch people train your children. And you're going to hear the Bible lessons. And you'll take those Bible lessons home and you'll start to teach them. That's exactly what happened to me with my children. I learned how to pray. I learned how to teach them. I learned how to raise them through this church. And through the examples of each one in this room, I look to you as iron sharpens iron. You guys are sharpening me every day. And I, I praise God for you and I thank God for you. Tonight's message, I haven't even gotten to it yet. Tonight's message is I am a disciple. And today's message is be a disciple, make a disciple. 
And so, if you'll just turn with me just for a moment, I'm going to skip ahead in my notes. It's okay, I only have about 20 pages. Um, so, so, what we have first here is Luke 14. So, Luke 14, verse 25. I don't know if we have it. Oh, I meant to forward this to you so that you knew what, what I was going to preach on today. Um, actually, I was so prepared, I brought two copies of my notes. So if you, if you want them to know what the future verses are there, that'd be great. Okay. Okay, so Luke 14, verse 25. And large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate Father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. What a hard verse on family night. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to bring out of this. There are certain things that this scripture is not saying okay so the things this scripture is not saying we we aren't called to hate our family as a matter of fact we're called to love our family we're called to do the exact opposite of that um the first thing in here that i want to bring up is honoring your parents pastor the last couple of weeks has been talking a lot about families been talking about about marriages, has been talking about children, has been talking about fathers and mothers and, and not exasperating your children, but loving them and raising them up and guiding them to go forward. There's a, there's a story of a, of a graduate, senior high school, valid Victorian of his senior class. And this guy got up and gave this amazing speech and like challenged his fellow classmates and like thanked everyone who had influenced him in his life. And he had every academic uh, honor that you could put on him. He had like every ribbon that went around him that you could possibly, I don't know, everything. Christian Character Award, Sportsman of the Year Award, Academic Awards, it, it all came right down to it. He gave this amazing speech, and when he had finished, he left the mic and sat down. A day later, someone mentioned to him, by the way, you never thanked your parents. And after that huge speech, and even down to thanking the janitor at the back of the room, he forgot to thank his parents. It embarrassed this young grad so tremendously that he rented a sky plane, you know, one of those ones that pulls a little banner behind it, and he puts this message on it. Thank you, Jim and Cindy Martin, from a forgetful grad. Those were my parents. And I was that graduate. And so during my final senior year speech, giving every sermon that I'd ever given, I wrote this amazing graduating letter, and I forgot to thank my parents. And so tonight, I want to take an extra opportunity to thank my parents. I had the most amazing parents growing up. They never told me I couldn't do something. They let me go to Guatemala to serve on a missions trip, even though they knew that there would be dangers there. And there were dangers there. I brought back 
fun diseases with me. So <laughs> they helped me with my first truck. They actually gave me my first truck. They pushed me to be the best that I could be regardless of my direction. I praise God that they always led me to God and, and to pursue excellence in church. My parents discipled me and continue to do so even to this day. Thank God for godly parents, those who pray and push us and, and push us ahead, you know, lead us by example, but sometimes get right behind us and kick us in the butt to get us moving in the right direction. The, the second part of this verse talks about spouses, even when they roll up the window. So there's a story. So my wife and I took premarital counseling uh, sessions, and during premarital counseling, um, our pastor at Abbott Loop in Anchorage told us a story about communication, good communication and bad communication. And so this pastor was on a trip, and he was going back to his hometown, but it was a big town like L.A. or something. And he kept circling the blocks trying to find this one stadium and couldn't find this one stadium. So as he's looking for this stadium, and they pull up to a stop sign, his wife's like, let's just ask for directions. He's like, no, 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 no. This is my hometown. I'll find it. So when they pull up to the stop sign, she rolls down the window and starts to ask the guy waiting at the bus stop, hey, do you know where such and such stadium is? Before the guy could answer, that window started going right back up. And he said that they had one of the biggest fights of their marriage in that moment. And not a word was spoken because their best friends were in the back seat. <laughs> and so from that moment on, I've had lots of these moments with, with my wife. And it's been awesome because when I feel like she's rolled up my window, we're able to relay back to this message, to this point, and then we're able to talk about it. And I'm sure I roll her window up way more than she rolls my window up. So I'm always asking for forgiveness to love my spouse, to respect my spouse, to honor my spouse. Last part of the scripture talks about we are called to take up our cross. So back to the scripture, what Jesus is saying in Luke is that the disciples' highest allegiance is Jesus. We must not allow what we're going through, our cross, to keep us from following Jesus. So tonight, one of the points I want to drive home just a little bit is to stop making excuses and let's get in the game. I personally feel compelled to be in God's house. I personally feel compelled to be with God's people. And when I'm not in God's house and I'm not with God's people, they, there's something that's a little empty inside. There's something off about my week. There's something off about, about my day. Even for early morning prayer, if I don't start off my day in early morning prayer, whether that's at home or coming to this facility right here, if I don't spend that time with God, it seems like I just kind of struggle through the rest of the day. You know, that one really tough patient or that one really tough case, I can't quite figure it out. And then when I put God first in my life, though, it's like that whole day just goes smooth. 
you look at the schedule and you're like, man, this is going to be a this is going to be a tough one. I can already tell it's going to be a tough one. All of a sudden, it just smooths right out. From beginning to end, it just smooths right out. And it's because I put God in my life. I invite him into my life. I'm going to tell on myself just a little bit. My senior year, I got a little lax in my faith. I got a little lax in my walk. My senior year, I started to, um, to, started to put God a little bit on the back burner. Pastor here talks a lot about early morning prayer and the importance of early morning prayer. When I was in high school, it, it was early morning prayer. I, I would show up about an hour early to school. And I would pray with one of the teachers at the school. And we would pray for the students in the school. And we would pray that God's Holy Spirit would show up. And every year that we prayed that prayer, every month that we prayed that prayer, God's Holy Spirit kept showing up. From the time that I was a freshman to the time that I was a senior, our school had grown to about 90% of the students that were on fire for the Lord. And by the end of my senior year, following the salvation of my best friend, it was 90, I mean, I can't claim 100, right? But 98%, there might have been somebody faking it at that point, but 98% sellout for the Lord. And it was amazing to watch what God was doing in there. Healings taking place, lives set free, people coming in from different parts of the state and like just saying, hey, I just need to be, can, can we just sit in on your worship service for a little bit? Can we just sit in on your Wednesday morning worship service at a Christian high school in Palmer, Alaska? And it was amazing. It was amazing. So part of this, this walk, this discipleship, comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. Many people don't know what it costs. They don't understand what it costs. I have people who come to me. I, I had them just, I, the most recent one was uh, about a month and a half ago. And they said, Dr. David, you're successful. How can I be successful? And in finances or life or whatever it is. And I said, okay, well, let's talk about that for a little bit. So financially speaking, you want to find the most successful person around you and you want to do everything that they did. You want to do everything that they did from start to finish. Get the same degree from the same university. Get the same certifications. Get the same amount of people and their staff around them. You want to build like your empire, everything around you exactly like they did it and follow that formula. And if you follow that formula, you know, there's wisdom in that. And you'll see it. And you'll see successful whether it's real estate or coffee shops or uh, chiropractic offices, or, or whatever it is, you'll see the ones that are successful, and you'll see the ones that aren't so successful, right? So stop following the not-so-successful ones and start following the successful ones. Here in the church, if you see success in someone's family, start doing what they're doing. If pastor's at early morning prayer six days a week, and you see success in his life, be at early morning prayer six days a week. If you see him moving in the Holy Spirit, and that's the desire that you want, you want to see a move of the Holy Spirit, do what pastor's doing. Sunday morning, Sunday morning again, Sunday night, Wednesday. Where is he? What's he doing? 
Look at the other pastors and ministers here. What, what about visitations? What is successful about visitations? What's working in visitations? Do what they're doing. Submit your life in such a way that you are a disciple of those around you. What is Pastor Kirsten doing that is so successful here in the children's ministry? It might be Green Guy. It might be a puppet. It might be a giant dog in a costume wreaking havoc, throwing toilet paper. Yes, that was me, by the way. I was the giant dog in a costume. <laughs> I don't know how you got me in that thing. Okay. So I'm going to back up just a little bit. So also in Luke 14, okay, so we're going to go back before the last one that we just read. Luke 14, 16 through 24. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike, all alike, began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of skidoos. Oh, I'm sorry, oxen. And I'm on my way to try them out. Still another said, I just got married, so I cannot come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Back up just one verse, that, or same verse, beginning, nope, one verse, but 23. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be be full. What does God want for his house? He wants his house to be full. And that's our job. That's what we're called to do. We're called to encourage those around us, to pray for those around us, to bring them in and sit them in that seat right next to us, to love on them, to hug on them, to bring them along the same journey that we're, that we're going along. Praise God, I'm not finished. I'm not done. I'm not perfect. I'm not even preaching very perfect tonight. But you know what? I'm coming along and I'm bringing people with me. I'm inviting them. I'm, I'm encouraging them to come along and to come here. These, these are the way that God is going to grow his church. This verse talks about an invitation that went out. Christ has invited you to come and partner with his church. Christ has provided opportunities here in this house to serve and be served. And Christ is the builder of every ministry here. There are opportunities here. We may not have gotten you plugged in yet. But guess what? We're about to. We're about to get you plugged in. If you are not plugged in serving in a ministry here, this church is about to explode. This church is about to expand. This church is about to go ten times bigger than where it's at. And we need all hands on deck. We need everybody to be raised up, disciple makers, because soon 
the harvest is going to be big. The harvest is going to be bigger than any one ministry can handle. Minister Vicky, you're not going to be able to handle all the people coming in on a Tuesday night. It's going to be so packed and so full that, that there's just no room. We're going to have to go find chairs. In a 1,300-chair place, we're going to need to go find more chairs. This scripture is interesting because as soon as he calls the people, calls the people in the house, you guys are in the house, then the excuses started rolling in. What are your excuses? I don't know if I like this preaching thing because as soon as you start preparing for a message, God starts working on your heart. My wife has been gently encouraging me for years (laughs) to start cutting things out of my life. Things that were distracting me. Things that were keeping me even from a relationship with my own kids. Like things on on my phone like um, Boom Beach. I am maxed out on Boom Beach, by the way. Just everybody so you know. It's maxed. (laughs) Why? Why? Why did I waste that much time on such a silly game? I wasted it. I wasted my time. There were hungry, hurting people around me, and I wasted my time playing on a little screen thing and winning. (laughs) Anyways. What's also encouraging about this passage of Scripture is Christ will summon all who are willing to be discipled. All who are willing to be discipled. Go out to the roads and country lanes. Country lanes. We got some scary country lanes here in Alaska. Some places not not everybody really wants to go. And compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. This church needs you. This church needs you. Every ministry needs you. We need you. We need you. There's a big work to be done in this valley. Pastor can't do it alone. The ministers here can't do it alone. We need all hands on deck. I see a new move in the body of Christ. When I talk with those outside the they always mention Mr. Daniel in this church. But soon, those comments are going to change. Soon, this church will not be known just for its senior pastor, Daniel Bracken. Soon, this church will be known for its members. Each member is going to be known for being a disciple and making, your, making disciples. So here right now, just, just, well, we're small, but it's good. God's good. Raise your hand if you're a disciple of Minister Micah. So worship team, Minister Micah kind of leads that, that whole area. Excellent. How about Minister Vicky? We got a couple. 
Okay, a little smaller here. Okay. Minister Becky, I imagine it's even a little smaller yet. Okay. Okay. How about Pastor Kirsten? Any kids in the room? Any kids in the room? Anybody heard Pastor Kirsten give an awesome message? Excellent. That's great. Pastor Daniel, that should be just about everybody here. Dr. Morocco. We have a lot of pastors in this room. And even those just in these ministries, they are discipling you. They are raising you up. They're trying to, they're trying to get a replacement. They're trying to find those who are going to come along and, and take their place someday. So that they can, you know, go on to the next step that God has for them. You know, we're always supposed to be training our replacement. Raising up the next generation. I'm raising up, I was going to say two, but I, I don't just have two. I have three. I'm going to raise up three more just like me. Someday they're going to preach just like me. They're going to teach just like me. They're going to pray and see people healed. They're going to prophesy and people are going to get set free. I'm raising up three of my own to go on to that next stage, that next step. Generationally, they will have a higher step to go off of for the next generation. They will not struggle with the same sins that I struggled with. There is no way I won't tolerate it. They won't do it. Now I got lost. I should just keep turning the pages and see what you guys say. Okay. So what does discipleship look like? So Jesus, sorry, let's turn to Mark. Mark 3, 13 and 14. Jesus went up on a mountainside. Wow, you guys are fast. Good job. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. Verse 14. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. There's a couple things just in this one verse. He appointed how many? Twelve. Apparently that's the magic number for your small group. Okay. I don't know. Okay. He appointed twelve. That they might be with him. So how, how is your discipler, your teacher, your mentor supposed to disciple you? If you're not there, they need you. Minister Vicky needs you to be there so that she can disciple you. If you're not around, how can she disciple you? If you're not here in church, how can Pastor Daniel disciple you to go out into the community? He can't do it if you're not here. You got to spend time with the person mentoring you. You got to listen. Listen and, Wyatt, hold on. Wyatt, listen and? Obey. Yes. Yes. Don't just listen. Listen and obey. Start doing something. Put to action the things you're hearing. Put to action the things you're hearing. Last part. That he might send them out to preach. So the last part of this verse tells us that, that Jesus can only, his, his voice can only carry so far. His ministry can only touch those 
maybe in about the size of this room, maybe double that space. Okay, that's about as loud as he can preach. So he brought 12 alongside of him, raised them up, taught them, and then sent them out to be an extension of his ministry. Each one of us needs to keep in mind that God is raising us up to extend the ministry to those around us. That's what God is calling us to be as disciples. He's raising us up. So here, in an extension of, of Christ's ministry, are you inviting people? So, so the nice part about a small group, so my wife and I technically aren't part of a small group. Maybe someday we will be. But, but we have our own small groups. My wife's small group ministry is up on the worship team. She plays the guitar. It's amazing. My small group ministry is with Minister Vicky, and Transformations on a Tuesday night. So try and apply these things here. Are you inviting people to raise up the ministry that you're currently in? The ushers, the greeters, the safety team. Are you trying to bring along the next level, the next layer? I apologize if I don't know all the ministries here in this church. There's, there's dance ministries, and there's choir, and there's children's ministries, and there's David, and there's media. Apparently, we need media and sound. I mean, there's a lot of ministries that we can be a part of here. Are you inviting people? I mean, m many times we get stuck in a ministry, and we're just like waiting for someone else to come along. And maybe you haven't taken the time to send out the invitation. Maybe you haven't taken the time to ask. We're going tenfold here. We're going ten times bigger. Soon. By the end of this year. I, I was thinking by the end of 2019, but that's not the case. Ideally, by the end of this year, we're going ten times bigger. We need help. We need disciples. Are you praying for the sick? One of my big things, the reason I came to this church is because when I came here and I asked for prayer, someone prayed for me. It, it wasn't like, a, oh, I'll keep you in my prayers when I sit down late at night and just fall asleep and forget to pray anyways. But like someone like in the moment came up to me, just like Billy right here, came right up to me, laid hands on me and said, let's pray for that right now. People need that. This community needs that. When you lay your hands on people, God's Holy Spirit shows up. When you lay hands on people and actually start to verbalize prayers over them, God changes them. I was ministering, um, I think it was in my office, and I started to pray for someone. And as I started to pray for them in my office, cool, um, in my office, God changed my prayer from what they had asked me for to what he wanted to happen. I started, I actually took the step to start to verbalize the prayer and God changed it. And what he changed it into was exactly what needed to happen. And by the way, it's exactly what did happen. I prayed 
God answered and it happened. Are you crying with the brokenhearted? Man, I left here Sunday night. It was a Sunday night. I didn't even make it out of the parking lot. And someone was in the parking lot crying. And I stopped and I hugged on them and I encouraged them and I loved on them. And I told them that God was going to be with them and help them. I didn't even make it out of the parking lot. Are you visiting the sick? When, when you hear that someone's sick, does it just like over the head? Or does it compel you to act? God needs you to extend the reach of your ministry. Take ownership of the ministry that you're in and invite others to be a part of it. You will never know unless you ask. Tonight, even now, ask God to give you a disciple's heart for the lost and the broken. Even now, they, they can be sitting right next to you right this instant. There's a face that we put on on a Sunday morning sometimes, you know. It was a rough morning getting all three kids into the minivan. I might tell you that every Sunday. <laughs> Praise God I'm here. <laughs> they might be sitting right next to you, and you don't know what they're going through unless you ask. And when they tell you, don't say, oh, I'll pray with you tonight when I get home and, you know, when I sit down for my prayers, I'll pray for you. Pray right then. That's what God encourages us to do. That's what this church encourages us to do. That's what Pastor Daniel does. If you come up to him, you got about 30 seconds. <laughs> but if you tell him what's going on, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, have all the fluff. He gets right down to business and he takes care of it and he binds it and he casts it off and he takes authority over it and there's victory that's won. And that's what we're all supposed to do. If you don't know how to pray, come to early morning prayer. Be around those who are praying. You never know, they might ask you to pray. <laughs> Be encouraged. We're going to raise you up. We're going to disciple you. We're going to get you to the next level. If you want to be discipled today, well, well, let's put it that way. If you want to be discipled today, raise your hand right now. If you need that extra bit of help, even today, even right now, and you're like, God, I need more, now's the time. And we'll get you plugged in. We'll find something for you. And and by the way, there, there's this really fun phrase, we. We, in my office, means Becky. So, so Beck, Minister Becky Day works with me. And when I say we, we will order that MRI. We will order those lab works. We will fill out this seven-page paper for you, no problem, we, over there. So here, tonight, in this moment, when I say we, I don't mean Minister Becky Day. I mean Pastor Kirsten. <laughs> Pastor Kirsten 
will get you plugged in. He will find some place for you. He knows all the ministries. He knows all the leaders in those ministries. He knows what the giftings are. He knows all of it. He will get you right where you need to be. We. Thank you, we. Okay. So, of course, the famous verse, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. If you haven't highlighted this, if you haven't circled it, if you haven't just spent some time praying about this verse, I want you to write it down. I want you to take it home, and I want you to meditate on it tonight. This is what we're called to do. This discipleship moment, this is what we're called to do. So tonight, even now, let someone speak into you. Sometimes we put up these walls around us. Let someone encourage you. Let someone raise you up to be the man or woman that God wants you to be. Some, even here tonight, have closed themselves off to be ministered to. My words are running straight into a wall. They've been hurt by church leadership. They've been hurt by those in ministry, those in high positions, those who they were, they were trusting to give them the right information. And they hurt them. And you have walls built up all around you. And you're not going to listen to a word that I'm saying until now, maybe. God wants to heal that. He wants to disciple you. He wants to raise you up. He wants to set your path straight. He wants to give you a future and a hope. He wants to give you a destiny. He wants to set you in a place of honor and dignity. Because that's where he holds his children. He wants to honor his children. And give them all dignity. The longer you let that hurt fester, the easier it is for Satan to create a critical spirit within you. You will never be satisfied with God's move, even in this place. You may have been held up by something I said that you disagree with. That's fine. The best part of being a guest speaker is I get to preach and then let Pastor Kirsten sort things out later. <laughs> So you may not realize it, but even right this moment, I'm being discipled. I'm being released Amen. by Pastor Daniel. He's given me this opportunity to just share just a little bit of what God's been doing in my life, even in this last year. I hope you're encouraged by it. I don't take this opportunity lightly. I understand the full weight of him relinquishing the pulpit to me. So let me communicate what I feel the Lord has for you this evening. So the last thing I want to share 
I think I have seven more pages, Pastor. (laughs) I'll try and end it with this, though. So what are the fruits of discipleship? So for the fruits of discipleship, Philippians 2. Apparently, I really like to read Scripture. So Philippians 2, 1 through 18. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love. He's talking about us. He's talking about everyone in this room being like-minded, having the same love in this room, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Skip down to verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything, even in this house, without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then... I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One of the things I'm always encouraged about, even with transformations, there's these moments where someone comes in and they have such an overwhelming, life-controlling, life-altering moment that they absolutely cannot ignore, absolutely can't get past, absolutely can't do anything because of this thing. Even if it's pain, sometimes they have a pain and the pain's so intense. Doc, because people come to me for pain. Doc, you just don't understand how much pain I'm in. I'm overwhelmed by the pain. This hurts so bad. Unashamedly, unashamedly, Jesus Christ is preached unashamedly as the answer to every, every one of life's circumstances. Whether it be drugs or alcohol or marriage problems or suicidal thoughts or whatever it is, God is enough. Jesus Christ is enough. His Holy Spirit is enough. It is enough for whatever you're going through in this instant, in this moment. You took time out of your day to come here tonight on a Sunday night when you could be watching anything under the sun. Netflix, playing any sort of board games, having any sort of Sunday night dinner that you want. But you chose to come here and let God speak into your life 
speak over your life to encourage you. You've already made the steps to say, God, I need you. I want you. You are enough. I need you in my life. Tonight, woo. That was the Holy Ghost. Um, um, he is enough. Jesus is enough. Unashamedly, Jesus is enough. I actually don't know how to end this. So, so let's just bow our heads just for a moment. I'm going to invite Pastor Kirsten to come up. Lord, we just thank you this evening. We thank you that your presence is here. We thank you that your presence is enough. We thank you that your word sets us apart as sons and daughter of the almighty God, the most high God. And we ask tonight, Father God, Lord, that you put a burning desire within us, Father God, to be discipled, to cut out those things in our lives that are distracting us, those things in our life that are holding us back, those things in our life, Father God, that are discipling us down the wrong path. And right now, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit come in, in that place, and to break off those things. Right now, God, I pray a release of your Holy Spirit to speak to everyone right now. Speak to their minds right now. Bring to their remembrance, God, right now, the things in their lives that you are asking them to give up. Even right now, God, you're bringing it to their minds, areas of their lives that they need to submit to you and give to you. And I ask tonight, God, Lord, that you would start to pour out your spirit and to strengthen those here even strengthen those online, Father God, that they would see you and know you and experience you and follow you all the days of their lives. Lord, that everyone in this room would be discipled, that they would be raised up, and that they would raise up those who are to replace them and those that are to come after them. Encourage them today, God. Be with them today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's all stand together. Dr. David stirring us up, spurring us on. Thank you, Dr. David. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Let's just take a moment of... You know, the Holy Ghost may be dealing with you in some of the things that he said about moving to the next level, about getting in the game. Gave you wonderful, Dr. David provided wonderful testimony of how that's played out in his life. Come on, let's take a moment just right now. Let the Lord, let the Lord speak to you deep on the inside. Where are your, some of your commitment levels? Maybe you need to reshape some things. There's a stirring inside of you. Maybe there's, maybe the Holy Ghost has just put his finger on a couple of things in your life. They're keeping you back from the next level of what God wants to do. Regardless of circumstances around you or whatever may be happening, good or not going the way you want it to go, either way, God's got the next level in store. We have to step out in faith. Just let's let the Lord speak to you for just a moment. Father, come speak to us. Know our thoughts. Know us on the inside, oh God. 
God, would you reveal things to us? God, we desire for us individually, we desire for our family, for our children, God, to operate and to be a disciple, be making disciples and to see the things that Dr. David spoke about in happening in our life. Oh God, come stir us up. Well, just take time to talk to him for just a few moments. Lord, would you give me a fresh strategy? What, what sort of things need to evaporate from my life? What sort of new patterns do I need to start in my life? Maybe it's, Lord, Lord, would you speak to me? Give me fresh strategies. Where are you wanting to take me? Hallelujah. We're going to take time to pray. If you don't know the if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you're missing out on what life is really about. You can feel life with all kinds of things, relationships and entertainment and toys, whatever it might be. Life, you can revolve life around whatever you want. But God makes it abundantly clear in the word that you're going to stand before him to give an account for whatever you revolved life around. He makes it clear there's only one way to pass the test on that day, and it's to revolve your life around Jesus. It starts by making Jesus the Lord of your life. If that day was today for you, what would it look like? What would your life be surrounded by? Would it be Jesus? You can make it that today. We're going to take time to pray. You might be here today and say, you know, I've been, I served Jesus for a long time, but it kind of drifted away. Some other things my life have started revolving around. I want to pray for you today. We're going to pray together. Let's change that. Maybe you are watching online and you have never Ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and honestly lived your life for Him. Today's your day. We're going to pray together. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. If you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Or maybe you'd like to recommit your life to Him. Maybe move some things out of the way and let Him be the Lord. Let's pray together. Come on, let's all, let's all pray together tonight. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Let's invite Jesus to be our Lord. Say it right out loud. Say, Dear Lord, I need you in my life. Come into my life. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior. I want my life to be about you. I choose today to surrender to you, to your Lordship, to your leadership, to your perfect will. I surrender my own will to you. Would you make my life, would you fashion it what you want it to be? I choose today, from this moment on, to serve you, to love you with all my heart. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. Praise the Lord. You know, we're going to do a couple more things here while we're together. We want to certainly want to respond to what Dr. David has declared.
But uh, he wasn't wrong in saying uh, that I can help you find a place to serve here. I've been accused of being the handler in the church by some. Honestly, I just want you to serve Jesus because there is no greater joy in my personal life than when I get to do something for the one who gave it all for me. I get to do something for him. Last night, uh, before a Saturday night, I came here with my kids. We're mopping the floors and we're cleaning some counters and things and spray it, wipe it. I do that because I love this place. I, I feel his joy when I'm serving just as much as maybe I'm preaching or doing a puppet show. Whatever I'm doing, the Lord is honored when I serve him. I want you to experience that. You can stop at the information desk. There's an iPad there. It's got our church app on it. Hit the one that says get involved. Use your phone. Get involved. Click the thing that you're interested in. It comes straight to our email. We get a list of them. And then we'll call you and see if we can't get you involved somewhere. Praise the Lord. We're going to dismiss in prayer. But if you would like our ministry team to pray with you tonight. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need breakthrough. Dr. David's going to stick around for a few minutes. Pastor Vince is here. Minister Ava. We'll take time to pray for you. Minister Vicky's here. Our prayer team, some of our prayer team, you guys are here tonight. Come join me as soon as we're done. Please, uh, maybe carry your conversations out in the lobby. There's going to be prayer going on right up here up front. Feel free to come up if you'd like somebody to pray with you. Janae, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Janae's been leading in our youth ministry. And she got to lead tonight. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Why don't you take the hand of the person next to you? And again, if you want special prayer, just stick around. Come on up front. One of our ministry team will be, be sure to pray with you. Father, I thank you, God, for this wonderful time tonight. Thank you, Lord, for Dr. David spurring us on as your word declares he should. And I thank you, Lord, that he stirred us up on the inside, spoke directly into our hearts. I thank you, God, for it. Lord, I bless this great congregation. Lord, cause your face to shine on them. I pray, oh God, your goodness poured out in their life. Pray for all these kids here tonight. God, may they, God, would you come visit them when they sleep tonight? May they hear your voice. I pray for dreams and revelation and visions. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, and I thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'll see you, on, see you at prayer.